One, this podcast will contain spoilers for whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scoot Brunson. And I am S. Foster. That's right, and you tuned into another episode of the Viewers Anonymous podcast where we give you our very own reviews and takes of movies and TV straight out of Hollywood. What's going on with you, my guy? Man, I can't call it, man. You know what I'm saying? I got uh, got some things to do today, man. Kind of got a, a, a jam-packed day uh, for myself. But uh, other than that, man, you know, I've been all right, man. Just just surviving out here, man. How about yourself? How you feeling? Man, everything is great, bro. I am so excited, um, you know what I'm saying, for the weekend. I can't wait for it to get here. Pro Bowl is coming up. I watched the other uh I watched the first part of the Pro Bowl and um I like where they're headed, you know what I'm saying, with this new rendition of the uh, Pro Bowl. Um <clears throat> they did the skills competition which they brought back. I know they took it away for a little bit, but I was super super excited about that cuz growing up I used to always watch the skills competitions. And then, you know what I'm saying, they added some different factors in this time. They that like they added some golf element. They added like the, of course the dodgeball thing has been super big. They did like a balloon toss. They did a um my favorite part of it all was the punt return thing they did with all the linemen. They had all the the, the uh <laughs> offensive and defensive linemen <laughs> basically returning punts from the judgment scene, which I thought was a brilliant idea, bro. But it's some it's some it, it's some um surprisingly athletic big men in the league, man. I mean, I know they say, you know, you got to be one of the most athletic guys when you're on that line, but they was doing their thing, man. I'm excited to see what Sunday brings in because they got like four more uh, skills challenges they're going to do. And then they're mm-hmm. going to go into uh, the actual seven on seven game, which I do want to see that too, because I think they this is something that they should have implemented a long time ago. Like seven on sevens to me is like the best determination in the skills. Because, like, this is where you ain't got to worry about tackling or nothing. This is just straight up one-on-one type shit. And I'm excited to see how these guys play this out. They ain't got no pads on. It's it's all just, you know what I'm saying, freelance going to work. And then, you know what I'm saying, you might see a couple dope little passes, a couple behind the backs, maybe through some legs, NFL street type stuff. So I'm excited to see this stuff, man. So I've been super hype about this year's Pro Bowl. Hopefully they can keep this up because I, I really like what they're doing with this. I actually think this is a better formula, and I did see St- uh, Staquan Barkley take one to the face. I did see that. Um, I did yes. see how yes, uh, did. Uh, yes, did. how George Kittle won won the dodgeball joint. But I think flag football honestly yeah. is better, man, because you see how hesitant guys were. Well, a few guys. I mean, you know, there were some guys who were like, "Yo, I don't give a damn." Like, you know, the first name that come to mind is Sean Taylor. He didn't give a fuck. If this was a Pro Bowl. Absolutely. He was knocking heads He's off. Make sure, you was not on that roster next year, buddy. Yes, sir. But <laughs> I think that this is. Be- I'm gonna tell you why I think that uh, flat football is better for the simple fact of like guys can really show how athletic they are. We really gonna see who got hit. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because Absolutely. in Pro Bowl, you see how guys pulled up and things like that. Now with flat football, it's more easier for you to get embarrassed in flat football mm-hmm. on the defensive side. So now mm-hmm. we really, I think that I Offense think that too? this, yeah, I think this is going to be way more competitive than we ever saw a Pro Bowl oh, yeah. game is. I, I think flag football I is agree. the best idea. So yeah, I think yeah. that's going to be dope. And I tell you, I 
tell you another thing that I like that they're doing. They're doing this. Um, they're doing this thing where they take two players from the NFC, two players from the AFC, and they're doing this thing uh, with social media called the best catch or whatever. So basically, um, they show you what the best catch is from each player, and then you're supposed to vote on it. And then the um, the last, I think the last. Uh, day which is Sunday, they show you basically the final. Either they do the finalist or they do the winner. I'm not. I forgot how they said it was gonna be, and then they show you that. But I gotta give my man Stefan Diggs credit, man. I think he had the best catch at all of them. My man was sitting on the floaty, in the pool, on the phone with a drink in his hand. You know what I'm saying? Got one ball thrown to him, dropped the phone, caught it one hand. Got the other ball thrown to him, put the drink down, caught it one hand. Got another ball thrown to him, caught it with his knees. I was I was thoroughly impressed. <laughs> I was thoroughly <laughs> impressed. Okay. That's a, that's a, as a, as a, as somebody who's played receiver before, not at that level or at any high level whatsoever, but just having played receiver and knowing that a lot of people can't catch the ball with two hands, for that matter, just knowing how difficult that is to catch the ball with one hand. Then to catch it with the opposite hand, and then to catch it with your knees, yo, oh yeah, I was thoroughly impressed, bro. This nigga Stefan Diggs is. I said some stupid shit about him earlier this year. I think he did that because I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I think he was pretty much proving to me like, hey man, shut your mouth, nigga. I'm that guy. So yeah, uh, Patrick Sertan had a dope one too. He was on the zip line in Vegas. And he was going down the zip line and they threw a ball at him while he was going down the zip line and he caught it. That was that was pretty cool too. But yeah, I I, I like the way that they got the Pro Bowl set up this year, man. That's what's up. <clears throat> That's what's up, man. So um listen, man, y'all already know what time it is. It's one of our favorite segments of the show. And uh this is the one where we give you a little bit of extra, you know what I'm saying, to look forward to before we get to our feature presentation. And this is called We'll Be Watching. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's do it. We'll be watching. All right, man. So, what do you got for this week's what we watching? So, I got the uh, number one movie on Netflix, man. Um, I watched You People uh, when it first came mm-hmm. out. The Jonah Hill, the great Eddie Murphy, Lauren London. It's great to see her back and working again, and all these type things. So, um, it's buzzing right now, man. It's buzzing. A lot of people talking about it. A lot of people for it. Some people not for it. But, like, for me, man, like, honestly, watching it, um, it was, you know, the opposite situation that I was in because, like, I never had to do the whole thing of, like, meeting the parents and all of that type stuff because I actually, you know, you know, met my, you know, ex-wife in college in West Virginia. So mm-hmm. it wasn't no situation where my parents were going to come there and her parents were going to come here, all that type stuff. So I didn't have to do, like, that whole little stuff. So I can't relate completely. But I think some of the stuff, they really kind of went overboard with it. But I think they did it for the simple fact of like, okay, like we have to put something down on screen and we have to do something where it's really kind of over the top. I think a good bit of the stuff was over the top. And I think that Mm -hmm. some of the conversations that were had was over the top. But I get the point that he was trying to make. I do um, like the fact of like how just 
podcasting is getting more of a look. It's starting to be in more movies. It's starting to be more of a topic of conversation in movies. So I personally thought that that was cool. Um, I wish that we would have got a little bit more of comedic Eddie, but I get why they didn't necessarily go that route. Um, I did like the I did like the part where Jonah Hill was in the car and they was playing niggas in Paris. He was like, "Yo, like he was like, oh, this is my song." He was like, "Oh, really? Like, what do you like about the song? Like, what is the song <laughs> called?" You know what I'm saying? Like, he kept doing it. He he was like, "Oh man, this." He was like, "Man, it's like something like something in Paris." He's like, "Nah, like what? What's the song called?" Like, you know, what I mean? like he yeah. was like, "You got to know what the song is called." He was like, "Man, you know, like, you know." Like dudes in Paris, like he was just like, nah, like what, like what is the song called? Yeah. So I thought that that little part was cool, but I mean, I get how some people feel a certain way, but I did hear a fun fact. I'm pretty sure you probably heard it too, um, and I did notice it throughout the movie. Then I'm a, I'm gonna move on, but I did notice that I was like, yo, like Lauren London and Jonah Hill aren't really kissing in this movie, and I heard yeah, and. Hear uh, the Andrew Schultz was like, yo, he said they CGI'd the kiss at the end. He was like, they got close to each other, but they never kissed. And I didn't I don't know if that was a Lauren situation. I don't know if 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 it was a nip situation, because I can't remember if she kissed Michael B. Jordan and without remorse. She I don't remember that. Michael G. Gordon. She Michael, did? Okay. I said Michael G. Gordon. Michael G. Gordon. <laughs> Michael B. <laughs> <laughs> don't know who I that mean, is, but Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember because she was only in the movie for like five minutes. But um, yeah. But I thought that that was interesting. I, I didn't know what the case was, and then people start saying that oh, she would never date a dude like him. So why would she want to kiss him? I'm like, yo, we've seen people kiss unattractive people in movies <clears throat> where you just kind of got to do what you got to do. So I don't think that was the case. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't, but. Hey, that's that's their prerogative. But I mean, personally, like me and you had a conversation where, like, you know, the whole conversation that they were sitting at the table and she like uh like Elaine, I always like to call her Elaine. Um, you of know, course. the conversation where she compared slavery to the Holocaust and they had to so because Eddie Murphy is playing a Muslim in this movie. So like some mm-hmm. of the stuff they 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 took the most extreme that you could take. Like it wasn't just right. like a white couple and a black couple. Like they had to be black Muslims and they had to be Jewish people. Like they went completely to the extreme. So mm-hmm. I didn't need all of that. But personally, man, it was it was alright, man. Like I don't think it was a I don't think it was a bad movie. I don't think it was a bad movie. But Schultz though, coming out with the with the with the joke. Where he was like, uh, he said that the vaccine makes you gay. That shit was hilarious. Like he said that shit. <laughs> like so, it was so. Look, like so, I tell you this, and we done. So they were everybody was doing like little speeches at the wedding, right? Well, not the wedding. I think it was the uh, what do you do the rehearsal, the rehearsal joint. So and, like yeah. everybody's like standing up, like giving like little speeches, and Andrew stands up and say. He was like, they they made he was like something, something, something uh about the vaccine makes you gay. <laughs> and it was just like that I don't know if this was the place for that, 
But it was just totally out of left right. field, and it was just funny. So shout out to Andrew Schultz, man, for uh for you know having yeah. having his little bitty scenes in the movie. So uh that's what I watched, man. I watched you people on Netflix. That's what's up, man. So um I took a uh page out of your book, man, and uh I watched a I guess you call it a horror movie or a thriller movie or whatever, kind of. Um I seen this movie, I seen the trailer for this movie. Uh, a while back and it just so happened to be you know what i'm saying on apple tv for rent well it's everywhere for rent but on apple tv so i went ahead and paid my little six dollars to see it uh it's called bone uh, bones and all and it's uh a movie about this girl who, who basically has this hunger to eat people and um she ends up finding out that there are other people that's just like her and she finds one of them and she falls in love with him and everything and uh they go through this wild time and it it's a it's a it's a very different movie but at the end of it I'm not going to lie man I was very very um disappointed to say the least uh <laughs> The the movie starts off crazy, so it's like she's in high school, but like she's eighteen, so she really don't have to be in high school. And then like she lived with her dad, and one of her friends in high school was like, "Yo, you know what I'm saying? You should come over to my house. We having a sleepover." So she was like, "I don't know if my dad will let me." And then she was like, "Well, you know, just you know, if you if you have to, just sneak off. You know, I'm right down the street. You know, I'm not that far away from you." So she listened to her friend. She ends up sneaking off and going over there for the sleepover. So it's like her and three other girls over there. And they doing, you know, high school girl stuff, gossiping. And they doing each other nails and shit like that. And then uh, she get the one girl that her well, her friend who invited her over gets her nails done. And then, you know, she got the nail polish color. She look at him and then she shows her. And she's like, what do you think? And so she just takes her hand and just bites the fuck out of her fingers. <laughs> So the girl gets to screaming. <laughs> the girl gets to screaming. <laughs> and then they they pulling her off for the girl. And she so she runs out of the house. She runs home, bangs on the door. And her, her dad is like, yo, I thought you was in your room. And she was like, no, no, no. And she got all this blood over. So he says, oh, shit, not again. So apparently this has happened already. And uh, so basically he tell her to pack her stuff. They can't be there when the cops come, blah, blah, blah. And then they leave. So they end up leaving. And then by the time they get to wherever they go, I think that was in like Maryland. So they get to Maryland. And when they get to Maryland, um, she wakes up because it was like in the middle of the night. She wakes up and her dad is gone. So he leaves her a letter. He leaves her like this cassette player and he leaves her some money. And the cassette player is basically just telling her about, you know what I'm saying, her life and everything and everything that's been happening since she was a kid and all this shit. And so basically she buys a bus ticket. She finds out her mom is in Minnesota. So she buys a bus ticket to go see her mom to find out what's going on with her. She gets to, Mar uh, she gets to not Maryland, but she gets to um, Virginia. And when she was in Virginia, this old dude was like, hey, how you doing? Now she had the bus stop in the middle of the night. And the old dude just pop yeah. up out of nowhere. So he was like, yeah, I smelled you. So she was like, you smelled me? He was like, yeah, you know, you're an eater. And she was like, what are you talking about? He was like, oh, I know. When was the last time you fed? So basically, this nigga done broke into this old lady house that was dying. 
and he waiting for the old lady to die so he could eat her. And so <laughs> he tell her, he tell the girl, he like, yo, you know what I'm saying? You got to feed because if you don't feed, eventually it's going to get the best of you and then you ain't going to be able to control it. And so they wait for the old lady to die. They eat her. But she creeped out by this old dude. So she basically run out the house, sneak out the house while the old man is like in the shower or whatever. Sneak out the house, get on the bus and leave and come to Ohio. So she get to Ohio and then she meet this younger dude who is also an eater. So they in the store. She's stealing shit out the store and he see her, but he don't say nothing about it. And then it's this dude that was drunk. So he take the dude outside, whoop his ass, take him to this abandoned building and he eat him. And so she realized, oh shit, this nigga's an eater too. And so after she realized that this nigga was an eater, then, you know what I'm saying, they they team up or whatever, and they leave. And then they go to, like, Iowa and all these different places. They meet this one dude who's an eater as well, but he got this other dude with him. Now, this nigga is just a regular human being. Ain't nothing about okay. this nigga special. But he know that dude eat people, so he trying to be like, dude, he think that he could turn into that shit too. So he been eating people. He done ate three people. Now, that's not what we do as humans. So, something fucked up about this motherfucker. And so, basically, they all camp out and shit. So, at the middle of the night, they creeped out by this nigga, too. And they was like, hey, we got to bounce because I think this nigga trying to eat us. And so, they leave, dude, chase him on foot, even though he was sleeping by the car. I didn't understand that part. But they get away from them motherfuckers. And um, so, they finally get to Minnesota. She finally meet her mom. And she realized that her mom was the person that was the eater. And so her mom had ate her own hands so she couldn't hurt nobody no more. And when she did that, basically, she was trying to tell her daughter, like, well, when she got there, she read the letter. Her mom was trying to tell her, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? This shit is going to consume you. You're not going to be able to control it. you either going to have to kill yourself or you're going to have to lock yourself up somewhere to where you'll never have to worry about this shit again. And so when you when like when you see her mom, her mom don't look old. Like her mm. mom look young than the motherfucker. So like not 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 like kids, but like her mom looked like she had like probably was like in her late late twenties, early thirties. But she's supposed okay. to be like fifty something. So I'm thinking that these motherfuckers don't age like that. And cause I'm like, ain't no way her mom looked that motherfucking young, even though she was in a mental hospital. She still looked fairly young to be, you know what I'm saying, in, in the condition that she was in. Because she looked rough, but in the condition that she was in. So she, her her mom act like she was about to bite her or whatever, so she would run out and get scared. And then, you know, she never had to see her again. So they leave. Her and the dude get into a fight. And then, you know what I'm saying, they get in the car, they driving. And they, now, mind you, they've been eating people and taking their money. And so, mm -hmm. and so... <laughs> she take all she take this fat ass wad of money out her boot and put it on the dashboard of the truck while dude sleep and leave this nigga at the gas station. First thing come to my mind, oh she's setting this nigga up to get fucked up. Cause why would you put mm -hmm. money on top of the dashboard instead of just putting it in the, or like next to the nigga in the seat or whatever? But anyway, she get out the she get out the truck and she leave or whatever. And dude wake up, he realized she gone, so he go searching for her. She somehow get to this farm. She walked all the way to this farmer's market. And as she walked into the farmer's market, the old man that she met in Maryland is there. 
So they had this oh, conversation. Man. They get into an altercation. So the old man get mad. He start calling her cunts and talking about how she ain't shit. And you know what I'm saying? He ate somebody with her. And that means something. They had a bond or whatever. So he get in his van. He peels off. He pissed off. And um, so later on down the line, you know what I'm saying? She done, she done had a few months to think about it. And she missed dude. So she go back to Kentucky to meet the dude or whatever where he from. And she see his little sister. They talk, blah, blah, blah. So she go back down there and she tell him, you know, I'm sorry. They make up. And then now they just on this on this road trip and they finally find a place and they live in there. They doing good. You know what I'm saying? They they got jobs and everything's seeming like this is going to go pretty good. Like, you know, panned out to be all right. Mm -hmm. So one day she get home. The old man pops up in her house. This nigga been stalking her the whole movie. Pops up at her house, right? Listen, gets to her house. He's he got her on the bed or whatever. So he threatening her like, "Yo, if you make any noise or whatever, I'm gonna kill you and I'm gonna eat you, and then I'm gonna kill your boyfriend and eat him too." Now, mind you, they all eaters, but when you eat another eater, you get like a high or whatever. And so that shit happened. The boyfriend comes home, realizes what's going on. They kill the old man. The way they killed old man was crazy because, like, she was stabbing him while her boyfriend was holding him. And she put her hands through the stab wounds and grabbed this nigga's lungs, bro. And they showed you that shit. <laughs> it was wild. It was wild. <laughs> Dopest kill I ever seen in a movie, though. I will give it that. Dopest kill I ever seen in a horror movie. It was just a wild shit, though. So, basically, they dragged this nigga to the bathtub, leave him in the bathtub. Then, find out the boyfriend somehow got stabbed. So this nigga gets stabbed in his lung. Now he can't breathe and he about to die. He can't go to a hospital because they're going to find out what the fuck he is. So he he dying. He telling her, you know, just eat me. Just eat me. And she's like, no, I don't want to eat you. He's like, just eat me. I'm telling you, you can't do nothing but eat me. She's like, I don't want to eat you. He's like, bitch, just eat me. So eventually she just start eating this nigga. And that's the end of the movie. So, yeah, that's pretty much a lackluster ending. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I say all that to say, if you guys like horror movies and you want to like see some weird, um, violent, erotic shit, then I guess watch Bones and All. It's 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 a weird ass movie, bro. It's just a weird ass movie. It's pretty much a, a coming to age story about this girl who realized that she's not human and she's a cannibal, and uh, yeah, she ends up falling in love, but of course at the end she can't fall in love no more because she got to eat her dead boyfriend. Damn, I've seen the trailer though. Yeah, so that I mean, yeah, I, when I seen the trailer, I thought it was gonna be dope too. I thought it was gonna be like, oh man, these motherfuckers about to take over the world, eat people, you know, some shit that you know you don't usually see in a horror movie. But yeah, so <laughs> that was that, man. Bones and all, y'all check that out if y'all get a chance. If y'all into that kind of thing, um, kind of disappointed that I watched it. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I, I didn't really know what to think, but you know it happened. Um, so feature presentation, man. Um, we got a a a, a movie that S Dot has been dying to do. You know what I'm saying? This is uh, <laughs> this is one of the ones that you know what I'm saying he's been talking about for for years now. Like, man, we got to do this. When we first brought up doing Denzel on the coming soon and talking about, you know, what I'm saying how great Denzel is. Um. 
you know, we he he definitely brought this movie up and he talked about how great this movie is. <laughs> and on other occasions, he's talked about just how great anytime we would talk about Denzel, he would always bring this movie up. And as you've read already or as you've seen already, um, the movie we're talking about is uh Ricochet, starring Denzel Washington, John Lithgow, uh Ice T, and a host of other people. Um and a quick synopsis is uh this movie is about a I be, he's a rookie cop, right? Well, well, it's in the beginning, yeah. In the beginning, he's a rookie cop. Yeah, so in the beginning, he's a rookie cop, and um, basically, he takes down this assassin. This like this this motherfucker is a cold ass assassin. He takes this nigga down, gets this nigga locked up, and then after that happened, he basically considered like a fucking hero, and so this nigga eventually becomes a DA. But now he has to fucking get his shit together and go get some guns and and batten down the hatches because this motherfucker finds a way to get free. And um, yeah, man, Denzel had to off this nigga. You know what I mean? He had to get rid of this. Oh nigga. yeah. So. Going back to, you know what I'm saying, um, going back to seeing this, you know what I'm saying, I'm sure that this is what you've been waiting on. What was your thoughts? Well, first, first thing is, like, man, I, I said in the coming soon, like, dude, I've been watching this movie since I was a kid, kid, man. Like, my mom had it on VHS back in the day. And so I used to watch it mm-hmm. all the time. And it's it's a really good movie, good underrated movie. To me, that's it's one of his most underrated movies he ever done. Because like once he got to like a certain point, really kind of like after like which he did the next year in Malcolm X, it's like once he hit that point, it was just like okay, it got to the point where Denzel couldn't miss. But Ricochet came out mm-hmm. right before that, and I just feel like it gets looked over because when you think about the films that are surrounded around it, you know what I'm saying, Devil in a Blue Dress and you know what I'm saying, and, and Malcolm X and shit like that, like, this one kind of get buried, and I think it's one of his most underrated movies, but for women, women would love this movie, because the way the movie started, we see a Denzel dunking on every motherfucking body, completely running the fucking uh, uh, the outside courts, and then, yeah. you know what I'm saying, he cocking his leg up and shit, then the next thing you know, he done got undressed to make an arrest, so it's kind of like, <laughs> for women, it's like, yo, like, the first... 15 minutes of this movie, y'all gonna love this shit. Cause you see like a young Yeah, this is the 90s. Yeah, I said this is the 90s that all the ladies was in love with. Yeah, yeah. So uh but no, like going back and watching it, man, like to you know, this really is a movie of like we see a rookie cop man just just shoots up the ranks, man, to the point where he gets all the way to being a district attorney. Well, a prosecutor. And um but you have you see this this obsession of this guy who who really felt I think when it comes to to my man uh what's my man's name? My man um Earl Talbot Blake, I think it wasn't the fact that he got arrested. I think it was the fact that he was embarrassed that he was arrested. And and mm-hmm. with when it comes to Nick Styles, it's like this arrest is what took him to the top, but also took you know what I'm saying? Earl type of Blake to the bottom and he was embarrassed. Like even when that one guy was like, yo, you was that guy that was taken down by the naked cop or whatever. So like he just made it to his 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 life obsession was to not only, and this is what makes the movie interesting. He didn't want to kill Nick Styles. He wanted to tear him down 
to the point where mm-hmm. I want to embarrass you as much as I can so I can completely ruin your life like you ruined mine. That's what makes this movie right. interesting to me. So for you watching this movie, I don't know if this was your first time or not, but for you watching this movie, what did you take of it? Um, This wasn't my first time watching this. I've seen this a bunch of times. Like you said, like younger as a kid, my mom was also one of those people who would go crazy over Denzel. So like anything Denzel put out, we pretty much watched. Um, But I, to me, like seeing it now, I liken it to um, like Man on Fire, right? Like to where he was just like this cool ass nigga who just, he couldn't be touched. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. watching Denzel in these movies, bro, you you kind of understand why this nigga was the man in the 90s, bro. Cause like there, I don't think there's a movie that came out between like 90 and maybe like 2010 where like this nigga had anything wrong going on <laughs> like even even as a even as an alcoholic and man on fire this nigga this nigga was still <laughs> fucking capturing people bro like this nigga just i mean like he just he he got all this he just has all this shit together bro um it was dope seeing like you know what i'm saying like the younger versions of you know what i'm saying all of these people from like back in the day i remember like john lithgow I didn't realize who he was until like I got really into like Third Rock from the Sun. So like that's mm-hmm. the John Lithgow that I remember. So going back and seeing John Lithgow and this playing this role is actually pretty funny too. Um but no, I, I enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying? I think Denzel did an amazing job. I think that um the the progression though was kind of weird because it was like being a rookie cop and then like all of a sudden like out of the blue this nigga just becomes like the DA. No, even no, though they kind of, no, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Even though they kind of explain like everything up until there, I'm just saying like it's just, just it, it's just to me an extreme. Like it goes from like rookie cop to DA. And I don't know. They they could have showed this nigga like being like the lieutenant or the, the chief they of did. police or something. I I don't think that. No, I'm saying like I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm saying like the just being the chief of police or something, like not being the DA. That's what I'm saying. Because it, because it, it was like like the way the movie started. Like you know what I'm saying. Like he was uh, playing ball against Odessa or whatever, well, and you could tell that no, no, him I'm and saying, Odessa. I, I worded it wrong. I worded it wrong. What I'm trying to say is they should have made him the chief of police instead of the DA. That's what I meant to say. Oh, I think him like, being the chief of police would have been a little bit better. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. But the reason I brought that part up about him playing ball against Odessa was the fact of like he seen this girl. He started he hollered at her, and you know he told her that well she saw his law books, and he was like I'm in law school, mm-hmm. and so that right there is mm-hmm. telling you. And then when you find out, like, oh man, this dude is a cop. So if he's a cop and he's in law school, then obviously he don't want to remain and stay a cop. So Absolutely. when yeah. after after he made the bus. It shows you like this little this 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 news report thing, and they show him being mm-hmm. a detective where he's going and he's doing a drug bust, and you know what I'm saying they did the whole thing busted, and like um so like it shows yeah. like okay so he was a cop, a regular street cop, then they made him a detective, and then it's like he went from a detective to you know a dude that's working in the prosecutor's office. So like it wasn't right. just him street cop. You know what I'm saying? To to yeah, prosecute no, no, no. it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like I, I thought that the them saying that he was in law school that that's telling you like his dream was always to be a prosecutor. But another thing right. that was dope about that scene and what made you know what I'm saying what happened at the end, what it was, was because obviously if he's playing ball with Odessa and then you see the conversation that they had and then he saw that 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 card and he was like, oh, having a problem with the ignition, I see. And he was like, man, you know, basically, like, you know how it is. He was like, we on the court next Saturday? He was like, man, you know what? I don't think I can get down on the court with you no more. So, it was like, he kind of drew a line in the sand, but then they show you in the middle of the movie where he went to talk to Odessa, and which was a really good scene, by the way, when he went to go talk to Odessa to tell him about the project that they had when they was building this children's center. And he was like, yo, the children's mm-hmm. center's off limits. He was like, man, how the fuck you gonna come in here and tell me what's off limits to me? And he was just like, uh, you know, and he brought up his mom. He was like, man, don't you ever bring my mom's name up? And he was like, yeah, like I was in there when your mom used to come in there and pray with my dad at the church. You know, so so then you can kind of tell, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, these dudes grew up together, they just went separate paths. And he was just like, like, dude, like, I know your moms. Your moms know my dad. Like, like we all know what you do. So for the sake of her. And the sake of the kids, don't come, you know what I'm saying, to the thing. And then you thinking like Ice-T, like hearing what he heard, you're like, oh, well, maybe I consider it. He's like, nah, fuck this shit. This motherfucker had to pull out a grenade, which we found out later that it was a fake grenade. But he pulled out a grenade like, yo, I'm all, I'm ready to die. He's like, raise your hand if you're ready Quick to question. die. And like, nobody raised their hand. Quick question. What's up? How, how long do you think it found, took him to find that fake grenade? Well, the fake grenade turned out to be a lighter. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe no, it was. How long you think it found? How long you think it took him to find that? Because that ain't like in the 90s, random, Like that ain't no ordinary lighter you could find. Nah, but maybe in the nineties it probably is. If you think maybe. about it, they used to make a lot of just stupid random shit back in the nineties. No, like, for sure. Because see, it the reason did. the reason. The reason it'd be stupid to have a grenade lighter now, because it's just like, yo, we're not putting no big ass grenade lighter in our fucking pocket. But like back then, it was mm-hmm. just like it was really more for the looks of like, just imagine like, you know, what I'm saying you have some people come over your house and be like, oh man, you got a grenade? Like, hey, watch this, and then you pop over the top and light a candle or some shit. Like yeah. it's probably cool like the in the nineties, but it's just... yeah, the gun lighter, yeah, like that shit was cool <laughs> back then. Like now, you ain't gonna find no fucking gun lighter now, like. Nobody give a fuck about a gun lighter. Yeah. So, but no, I I thought that that was cool, like showing that friendship, and then coming to the conclusion at the end where he had to link up with him, where he trusted him enough mm-hmm. to, yo, I'm bringing my whole family to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, look out yeah. for my family. But um, so let me yeah. ask you this though, because I'm pretty sure <laughs> you looked at this part, because even I looked at this part and was like, yo, this, they really could have left this part out. So when Earl Talbot Blake was in jail and he got into it with the white supremacists, mm-hmm. and so they come to the conclusion where they're going to have a sword fight in prison with phone books as as uh, as armor, like yeah. What, what what did you think of that part, man? I I I have to know your thoughts on that whole part. So. So like that's something that like if you ever if you know people that went to prison and all that shit like that's something that actually happened before, so that's I'm sure that's where they got that from, but I I don't know man this this nigga <laughs> <in the sense, laughs> 
Yo. You don't think I'm this nigga know how to wield a fucking knife, bro? Like, this is the thing. Like, I, it's, niggas in, it's niggas in prison that can get the information on you. Right, like the news is the news is the fucking news. I'm sure they watched the news in jail in the '90s. You don't know that this nigga is a fucking assassin. They, it didn't dawn on you to think that maybe this nigga actually knows how to use a knife or a shank or anything sharp. Well, remember when he first got in the cell and he found when he first beat up the white supremacist guy? He was like, "Oh, I know who you is. You that guy that got arrested naked uh, with a naked cop or something like that." So like. I think, like, the news report that they saw, like, they looked at him, like, as an embarrassment. Like, oh, you a bad criminal. How you get taken down like that? You know what I mean? I think that that's the way. I think they looked at him like a punk. Like, I don't know if they the actually knew, like, his background. That, see, that's what I'm saying. That's the stupidity of it all. Because the last person you want to fuck with, even if you don't know his background, is a nigga that got arrested by a naked nigga. <laughs> do you know how much anger and animosity is gonna be built up inside you to get locked up by a nigga who ain't got nothing on? Like you, the the fear alone in that is crazy. Like this nigga could do anything to you. Like once you in them handcuffs, you in them handcuffs. You can't fight back. <laughs> Man, so you saying the cops like raping dudes after they arrested? Right? <laughs> I'm not even saying raping. I'm just saying like anything could have happened. Like I'm just saying the, the nigga probably he, he might have put you on the ground, teabagged you. Who knows? Put his nuts on your forehead. Who knows? I'm just saying <laughs> that's a traumatic experience to get handcuffed by somebody like that. So no, nah, bro. I, I mean you you can't you can't deal with that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's funny. But now I I just thought that having like this medieval times fight in the prison like i was just like yo like i don't know like i know we're talking this movie came out in 91 <laughs> so it's just like okay but yeah. but then the thing is like we've seen movies where the guards be in on shit like this where like they either betting or Absolutely. They're, they're they're profiting somehow you know what i mean so like because the whole thing is like if you're <laughs> a lot of person uh, they holding a, uh, a prisoner fight ring yeah, man. Like we seen, we seen this shit in so many movies, man. Like Flesh of the Bone. Is that what that movie called? Movie with uh, uh Michael J. White, where like they was yeah. having like those Flesh and Bone. Like they was having like prison fights and shit in there. But like it's always something yeah. where the, like the guards are kind of profiting off some shit, like or either like sneaking some shit in, whether it's cigarettes or or whatever the case may be. But like I just thought that like watching it like as an adult, adult, I was like. Okay, do we really have to do this medieval time thing like right here in the middle of this movie? And then he formed a truce with the with the white supremacists because he was like, "Yo, y'all can help me break break myself out of prison." Which that dude, that was one of the wildest prison breaks I've ever seen. Like this dude is sitting here walking into to the parole board, and so his his, his uh self not self appointed but uh his appointed lawyer. It's like, yo, don't do no talking. So he's doing all the talking. And it seems like, oh, man, you know, he seems like he's about to get Blake out of prison, right? And Blake is like, nah. Like, the dude was like, I want to hear what you got to say. He was like, he's like, what you going to do when you get out? He's like, the first thing I'm going to do when I get out, I'm going to your house. And I'm going to fuck your wife. And it's like, whoa. And then, like, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all these dudes stabbing people and shooting people. Like, you're like, yo, like, you think. Oh, well, we just gonna sneak out of prison. Like these motherfuckers made like 
the hugest scene that you can make. And I just th- I just thought that was a wild ass fucking prison break that they did. But absolutely, Earl this nigga's an international assassin, bro. Like, this is my thing. They was they was a little too careless with this nigga, bro. Like the way that the the way that they downplayed the fact that this nigga was an international assassin didn't sit right with me. First off, the 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 uh court scene. Like you think this nigga don't have some elaborate scheme to get out of here? Like you didn't think that, <laughs> you didn't think to just make it to where nigga it's just it's just the the people that's supposed to be there and no onlookers. You you only need a bailiff in that motherfucker. You should put you supposed to have the cops outside. You ain't supposed to have nobody else in there but the lawyers and dude and and whoever else that's supposed to be in there and a the bailiff and that's it, bro. And then the when you get to jail, like. Come on, man. Y'all didn't do y'all research. Y'all didn't even just think about that. Even Denzel, like, you didn't think that this nigga was, was a lot more capable than what he was? The fact that you got naked and arrested this nigga? Like, they just, they they downplayed the, the assassin part too much for me, man. I, I I can see, I can see what you're saying. Like, but I'm thinking more like if, if it was more of a modern film, like, yes, you can get on the internet and you can mm-hmm. look up a lot of shit. Like, yo, like, this dude like this dude is like really wilding out here, but like I think with it coming out in '91, like the technology isn't what it is. So maybe you can only hear like stories and like, and we don't know if he had a rap sheet or not. They didn't really get into like, yo, he was arrested here for doing this, and he was arrested in you know, I'm saying 1983 for doing this. Like they didn't get into any of that. So I mean, we but don't they really criminals. Know. That's what they're supposed to do. You didn't ask the nigga what you in here for. You ain't you like you don't ask no questions, no nothing. Just you just assume, oh yeah, you the dude that and this is nothing. If they seen that this was or they seen or heard that this was the dude that got arrested by the naked cop, I'm sure they knew what he got arrested for or who he was at, to some degree. You just don't then, you just don't find out that he's the dude that got arrested by the naked cop and that's it. But then it's like, was he, was he, were they really gonna let him out after basically murdering what three, what three or four people? And then he pulled a gun and he assaulted a cop. Like, there's no way he was gonna get out after doing all of that type shit. So I don't even know why they even, I mean, it's a law. It's law. You have to go to the parole board to get it denied. So, but I just thought that, like, that lawyer thinking that he could just talk to oh man he he's not a minister society anymore it's like nah dude like Tyler Blake was not ever going to get out but like the strategies that the strategies that he took yo that shit was fire like for like mm-hmm. the first thing that we saw Talbot do, well, the very, very first thing we did, he had to do to go in there to switch to dental records because he was already planning like I have to fake my death. So that that first part was genius like fake my death so people think i'm dead so i could just sneak around so the second thing that he did was have that girl have a girl go undercover to go in there and kind of sauce him up a little bit to get him to say some things to get a tape recording of him talking and when you're watching this at the time well he didn't say nothing harmless so it's like what's the point of even doing that you know what i'm saying and you don't get it till later mm-hmm. to where my man now Got him coming in, and he he just basically kidnaps the dude, and then he's like he do the whole thing of like he <laughs> he drugs him. 
he drugs him, and then he gets a damn stripper lady to come in there. Not a stripper lady, but a uh, but a prostitute to come in there, and just basically, you know, what I'm saying, have her, have her, you know, what I'm saying, give him clap, and <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard clap. Yo, you got a diabolical of a motherfucker. You got to be, bro, to send a burning prostitute into a nigga's room, <laughs> bro, and sexually molest and rape this nigga and give him a fucking STD? Yeah. <laughs> That's some sick shit. That is sick, dude. That's some that sick is so shit, bro. And this the, and this the nigga you... You think can't win a knife fight? Come on, man. Get this shit out of here. <laughs> Yo, that shit was so wild. And then the thing is, like, it was all to really, like, blatant plan. I mean, it was going good. I think that he didn't realize, like, how smart Styles was, like, Nick Styles was, because. Yeah. He started out. He started out really good. He had a really, really good strategy because everybody was looking at him like he's crazy. Like the whole thing of like where he was talking to his partner and he was like, "Yo," he was like, "You remember that one hotel? Didn't they have like dolphins as they, um, as they logo?" And and mm-hmm. then they do the whole thing of when he's coming out. He was like, "Oh, y'all want to see something?" He was like, "Follow me. Watch this." And then he take him in there in the fucking pool because he. They did the whole shit with the pool empty, and these motherfuckers that filled the pool back up, and now Nick Styles is sitting here looking crazy as fuck. And they were like, "So you saying that a dude that is claimed to be dead kidnapped you, drugged you, had a woman give you claps, and then all of this happened in this empty pool that's full now with old women doing aerobics?" Like, <laughs> it's right. like it got to a point where like. That's what exactly what Earl Tyler Blake wanted, but at the same time, I think that he thought that his life wife would leave him a lot quicker, and she was completely is what a wife would be in this movie. She was not with any of the bullshits. She was like, I don't believe none of this shit. Like she did not have his back, man. I, I mean, didn't like she that. was with Denzel Washington in the nineties. Yeah, but she didn't have his back, man. She had a lot of little slick shit to say under the breath, man. I ain't like it. Man, do you know how many women would love to be able to to tell a nigga like Denzel Washington, you ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? You cheated on me. You <laughs> MF, da, da, da. Like, they, they live for that shit, man. But then the way she found out, like, like, he was sitting there and he was on the phone with the dude and they told him, like, yo, your lab results came back <laughs> and y'all said, you got clout. And then she's like, you didn't tell me that. He was like, well, look, he's like, uh, she was like, you lied to me. He's like, I didn't lie to you. I just didn't tell you the whole truth. And she was like, look, you're talking like a lawyer again. He was just like, oh, well, I just didn't want to complicate shit. I didn't want to tell you, yo, they drugged me. And then they had a girl coming in and fucked me. Like, if I would have told you that part, you would have left. So it's just like, I, th- I thought that Earl Tyler Blake, man, that motherfucker, he was, on, he was on his game. And then what he did to my dude. They went to go recruit Ricky. That was fucked up. Mm-hmm. So um, that's wrong. Councilman Ferris. I, sh- I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't just say he was the dude, uh, the, the recruiter from USC. But 
But then that, that was another thing that he did, which I just skipped over on um, my mistake. Just the fact of like he tried to proclaim him and Congressman Ferris as a dude that looked at child porn uh, pornography, where they were saying that, oh, well, look, mm -hmm. not only did was this dude like living like this secret life where he's like sleeping with hookers and doing drugs and shit like that. He also is, you know, into child pornography and like and then they have him. Uh, Ferris, Congressman Ferris, to quote unquote kill himself, and he had him do a suicide letter and all of this shit. But he was tied to Ferris. Like Ferris was the person that he was even able to shoot up the ranks to even become a prosecutor. So like, look, dude, I'm sorry, Earl Tyler Blake for a minute there during that movie, that man was on his game, man. I'm telling you, he was on the shit. Who who do you think? was better at that role or role like that was it john lithgow or gerard butler and um law-abiding citizen wow <laughs> what dude because i mean it's, it's similar way. like the stories are somewhat similar they they are dude that is fucking great that's a good fucking question, dude. Like I am I am discombobulated right now. Because that is a great fucking comparison. Um wow, I don't even know if I can answer I, I that thought question. A lot about that's, that as I was, yeah, I was I was thinking about that as I was watching this. Like just seeing the shit that Liv got was well, seeing the shit that he was doing, I was just sitting there like, damn, like this is kind of like some law well. This put me in the mind of Law by the Citizen where he was basically... I mean, the stories aren't the same, of course, because Gerard Butler was doing it to get justice. And mm -hmm. John Lithgow's character was doing it because, you know what I'm saying, this nigga was just an assassin and he wasn't having that shit. But just the just the, the methods that they were going as far as just being as diabolical as they were and who they were doing it to to me is the thing that I kind of drew those comparisons with. And the shit that John Lithgow was doing, bro, like the way he was setting these niggas up to make them look a kind of way or to have them, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of, he was just basic, basically playing like psychological games. And I think that's what, to me, that's what made his character so good in this movie because he wasn't just like this dude that was just going around killing people. Like he literally was, was a super intelligent type dude to where he was thinking of these fucking elaborate ass plans on some shit that you would have never fucking thought before. Like, who would think to set up a, you know what I'm saying? A, what was this nigga's name? The, um, congressman Ferris. Yeah, the, the, to set up a congressman to put him as a pedophile. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you know, do you know, especially in the early 90s, you know the shit you got to go through to even get that shit accomplished? Like yeah. that's that's some elaborate shit to pull off in the in the early nineties. Like nigga, computers wasn't even all that technological yet. Like now, it's easy to just hack a nigga phone, throw a couple pictures on his phone, and then oh look, look at his phone. It's that. But like early in the nineties, bro, like you had to be doing some wild shit. Like you had to have tapes and fucking witnesses and. You had niggas had to leave a track and a, you know what I'm saying a trail behind like that's a lot of shit to go through to be able to pull some shit like that off. 
Like the to me, the easiest thing he did was drugging the nigga and getting them, you know what I'm saying, getting them raped by a prostitute. Like that that probably wouldn't have been that hard. But to but the pedophile thing and then like setting them up about with the hookers and all that shit and the drugs, like that's a, that's a lot harder to do in the early nineties. It is now now. I, I need to say this real quick for the for the sake of the for the other podcast. So, like you just said, he got raped by a prostitute. I know people thinking, oh, well, if you don't want to fuck it, don't fuck it. You know how hard it is. You sitting here high as fuck, and then they just put a naked woman on top of you, and you drug, yeah. and you tied up. Like, your, your dick is like, I, fuck yeah, that shit. I mean, like, <laughs> like but no, let, yeah, let me that's bust one like, off right quick. At that point, yeah, like, at that point, it ain't really nothing he could do. I mean, like, he was literally drugged and held against his will. Like, he literally was raped. It's it's not, we're not saying that, like, yeah. oh, he was drugged and he just was in the bed, like, oh, no, nah, get off me up. No, like, he literally... Well, he was saying to... get off me, but she was like, your well, mind no, is yeah. saying no, saying, but... Like, he wasn't, he, he couldn't fight back, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like you said, speaking of tapes, well, okay, so let me finish on Ferris. Like, what he did was basically he put like a few like magazine pictures or whatever in his briefcase mm-hmm. and actually used a picture from when they went to like Florida, or some shit. And like, they had mm-hmm. pictures of like just like three kids or whatever when they was doing like this foundation thing or whatever. And the reason he used the pedophile thing is because they was building a, a children's center. So that yep. was really a fucked up diabolical thing to do. But speaking of tapes, so when when Earl Talbot had did the whole thing of like he put the tape in his house of him walking up walking up to the bedroom and having an axe over his child's head and then turned the tape off. So he runs down the street because he knew where his kids was just to make sure they were fine. And then they switched out the tapes. And so this also went through the whole thing uh, to make him look even more crazier. He was like, yo, I got proof that he's alive. He had an ax over my daughter's head. And then it ended up being the tape Mm -hmm. of him having sex with the prostitute. And it was just like, yo, the way he played that, look, dude, I'm sorry. Denzel is a like what this is what I'm gonna do for the people. I got I should have did this. Like I be putting little movie clips up of shit from time to time. And like that mm-hmm. scene when he was talking to that lady when the tape was wrong, and he was like, No, like that was a tape. And they switched out the tape and they did this. And like I'm telling you, like he he was like like that whole little scene, it was just like yo, it was so fucking believable of like how great of an actor this dude really was. Like, not was, but is, because he's still actively doing this shit. But, like, just seeing that, mm-hmm. being as young as he was, like, dude, that that scene was so fucking good. Like, like I think that, like, that scene there should be taken. Like, even when he was, when when Tabit was drugging him up, and he was like, <laughs> like, he did the whole little thing, like, with his face <laughs> and shit. Like, that shit... Like that shit, mm-hmm. like Denzel is so good. Like we already did an appreciation on him, but like he is just so good, man. It, it's like I've never yeah. seen anybody that's so naturally gifted at being an actor. And like the and like and we spoke about this on the um um the appreciation when he was like, "Yo, I still go to acting school." 
You know what I'm saying? He was like, yeah. you never, like, you never can be satisfied with, like, everybody looking at me like I'm a legend, you know, this, that, this, that. But, like, I still go and you always can improve your craft. And for somebody to to think like that, like, that that scene was just great. That scene was just great. But, like, but Earl Tabby Blake and, ah, uh, oh, man, I wish I could remember what Gerard Butler's name is. But, dude, that was, that was great. Like, you, yeah. you are hitting Jew. But the reason I will go, <laughs> the reason I will go Gerard Butler is for the simple fact of one one thing is why I put him over the top. Earl Talbot Blake was doing this with the assumption that he was dead. Right. Gerard Butler was doing this shit is the fact that I'm locked up. How in the fuck am mm-hmm. I still killing people when I am in prison? This dude had built a whole tunnel. He planted this shit out to the fact that where he bought abandoned buildings to and built tunnels to where they put him in solitary mm. confinement, and he had it set up to where. Now, is it a coincidence that I happened to put him in the exact room that he needed to be in? Now, granted, he could have like let's say there are five rooms that are consolidated confinement, right. and maybe he did tunnels for all of them. We don't know. But mm-hmm. for him to be in the room to where everybody think that this dude is locked up and he's sneaking out every night, setting shit up to fuck up Jamie Foxx and then put himself back in there. That was genius. That's why I put him slightly over Earl Tobit Blake is because Earl went to the route of like he's dead. He can't be doing this. But this dude is like he's alive and quote unquote supposed to be in jail, but he's still killing people while he's locked up. Shout out to F. Gary Gray. Mm-hmm. Definitely, for sure, for sure, man. Um, so are you ready for the fire flames? Let's do it. All right. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. All right, man. What are you giving this joint? Man, I'm giving this joint a five, man. What you talking about? <laughs> yo i love this movie man like this shit to me this movie's so dope man and i don't know why i always got this thing and look i mean even denzel when you think about it how often mm-hmm. does denzel play a cop like he plays a cop all the time a lot yeah <laughs> a lot man um give us a minute we got some technical difficulties real quick, but while Esdot is joining back in, um, just pretty much want to um, go back on what he was saying. He was rating it a five. He was talking about how um, how often Denzel plays a cop. He's back yeah. now, so My go ahead fault. and continue. Bro. Um, but he uh, plays a cop or somewhat of a lawyer or prosecutor, something like that. We've seen him doing in Philadelphia, so he plays these roles a lot. But, like, yeah, man, I give this movie a five. Like, it, it has, like, it's, you know what I mean? It might not be the most well-put-together movie, but I like the premise of it. I thought it was dope. Ice-T actually did a good job. Uh, John did a really good job. So um, I'm definitely going to give this movie a five. That's what's up, man. Um, I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I'm giving it a five, too. Um, of course, because of Denzel. I mean, it's Denzel. We we haven't seen too many. Well, we really haven't seen any movies where he was really like bad at it. Even in like the one like the one movie where he was the uh, the lawyer, 
and they was trying to kill him for that. He still uh, kind of uh, it's something you know what is J like, Israel. What is it? Uh, yeah, John John H Israel Esquire or something like that. Esquire, yeah, that something like was? that. Yeah, yeah, but like he did an amazing job even in that. Like I mean, his his acting just stands out. So I mean, like that's I mean you know he does to me he does nothing short of amazing um acting when he's in roles. But John Lithgow to me was the you know what I'm saying was the piece de resistance in this movie um only because like i said for me i never seen john lithgow in this light outside of this movie usually he's in something where he's being like in a comedic role or you know what i'm saying like where he's being funny for him to play a serious role like this and to do as well as he did i was thoroughly impressed and you know what i'm saying like i said that's the reason that i'm definitely giving it um a five What's up, man? I'm glad you enjoyed it that much. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Like I said, it, it put me in the mind of Man on Fire for sure, and it also put me in the mind of Law by the Citizen, which are two great movies in their own right. So, you know what I mean? Anytime you get a movie where you can kind of make those type of comparisons, I, I think you really can't go wrong with them. Um, so let's get into this coming soon, man. Let's coming do it. soon to own on video and DVD. All right, bro, what we got next? Man, we got an appreciation episode for the people, man. We got um, a dude that is... I think he he's on that level. He's not quite Denzel, but he's on that level, and he's been doing it for a very long time, man. And we got the guy, Lawrence Fishburne, coming up for y'all next um, on the appreciation episode, man. He's one of the legends, and he's also one of the legends that don't get mentioned. And some of that can be my fault. Like, when I'm rattling off these names for some odd reason, his name kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But this dude got some classics, man, cult classes out there in these streets. So uh, shout out to him. And that's what we got coming up next, man, Lawrence Fishburne. That's what's up, man. I, uh, I definitely can't wait to do that. We're talking about somebody who has had an extensive and, man, a marvelous career over the years. Um, and, I mean, he's still going strong to this day. So, salute to the the man Lawrence Fishburne, a.k.a. Larry Fishburne, from back in the day. Um but if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed this movie, if you are one of those older women um, who back in the days was, you know what I'm saying, fawning over Denzel Washington, let us know, you know what I'm saying, on social media, um, on Instagram and Twitter at ViewAnonPod. You can also let us know on Facebook at VA Pod Watch Group. Um, and if you would like to hit me up, you can hit me up on Twitter at Scoops Bronson. I have a link to in my bio. Um, you can find me everywhere else there. And y'all can find me at s.foster8 on Instagram and on Twitter at 28 Minutes or Less Pod. That is just on Instagram. Follow the podcast, 28 Minutes or Less. It's on all major platforms. Uh, still rocking with episode 114, uh, Willie Lloyd, but be on the lookout for something coming out very, very soon. We got something cooking up, so uh, go find it on all major platforms. 
That's right, man. Um, and thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Your support is always greatly appreciated. And without you, we couldn't do this. So thank you guys very much. Until the next episode, man, like they say in Hollywood, that's a wrap. Cut. <laughs>